Hey, do you want to be a DJ? Why, why I want to be a DJ? Hello everybody, welcome to episode 5 of Varsky's I Want to Be a DJ podcast. I am your host Varsky, why that'd be weird if it wasn't, because I'm in the freaking name. On this episode, we've got one of my boys from Malia, Danny T is on and we're going to be talking how he became a DJ, what inspired him and how he takes to the world of social media. He is someone that does it very, very well. Sorry there was no me and Tom this week, we've been really, really busy. Next week we're going to try our hardest to get another Tom and Varsky one up. And don't forget, rate, review, subscribe. If you are liking this podcast, please help a brother out. I keep saying this, but I mean it. Your one review will go a long, long way to helping someone like me out, getting this podcast out to a bigger listenership, and that's all I'm trying to do. So here, without any further ado, this is myself and Danny T. I hope you guys enjoy. What is going on, guys? Here with me today is someone who I've wanted to get on the show for a while. When I started this show, he was one of the specific guests I wanted to get hold of just because he has an insight of a new era of DJing, and that is the social media era. And he's an individual who I think has has uh, achieved success off social media the best that he possibly can. And, and also, he's a Malia brother, and that's always nice. I've got Danny T. What's going on, mate? Yo, what's happening? Very kind words as always. Oh, nah, good, mate. All good. How was how was the rice cake? How was the snacker jack? <laughs> <laughs> I've just brushed my teeth so I can <laughs> properly. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, what I want to do, right? So uh, I want to start off by give the listeners what is a life, what is a week in the life of Danny T like right now? Oh my god! About twenty hours sleep. <laughs> people, people think that DJs just well, especially like resident djs that do five hours a night but then when you go on to like like guest sets which i've been doing for the last six months or so okay people literally just think that i work i I press play four times a week and stand there for an hour and call that hard work they don't realize what goes on behind the scenes the the mix planning the ideas the driving around for meetings the just the the day-to-day living of of waking up after four hours sleep and you have to be on top form because you're speaking to somebody that could potentially put you down avenues that are really going to benefit your career yeah that's one thing that i um that's one thing that i learned very very quickly um when in the industry is that no matter who you're talking to and i've come across people in the situation where there's people that are very very important either now or in the future and you've always got to you can't come in this industry with a, with a, with an ego. You can't come oh, in this industry no. with, with an attitude. And I think a lot of people have gone wrong on, on that level. And the people that have made success of it have either been taught very quickly to drop the ego or have yeah. just been, you know, have just been able to adjust really quickly anyway. But um, essentially, no. we're all in it for the exact same reason. Exactly. We all love music and we all enjoy partying. So what's <laughs> no one's better than anyone else. If somebody's well, getting paid more, they're not necessarily better. They're just... They're just <laughs> better branded or they've got the better links than you have so you just yeah. got to see that as a positive and work hard and they could probably help you one day you might one day be above them they might they might be absolutely nothing and need your help one day exactly. yeah having a being 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 cocky is just not mm. it's not you could you could have it all taken away from you tomorrow like it's it's the industry is very very cutthroat like that yeah we'll get to that later on in the show so i want to start right at the beginning the day before you ever DJed, where was Danny T? Where was the world? And where was music at that point? I started music-wise before I'd even started DJing. 
we're talking like the Darude Sandstorm era when trance and hard house was really big in like back in my school days and I used to listen to all that kind of stuff and I always really liked the thought of energy on a dance floor especially like even under like like under 18s um discos and stuff that you used to go to like I was always into dance music and seeing videos of like Ibiza on TV and the energy that was the getting off the dance floor and then I went into then when I started going out um I did get a pair of decks for like my 17th birthday what'd you get uh, I got some <laughs> some Stanton three hundred. <laughs> are they the ones? Are they the ones with the the final deck? The, the plate, the plate. You just spat it, and all of a sudden, it yeah. just flew off. <laughs> it's like it flew forward. Dry. If you touch your finger on it, it literally stopped the record. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was, but I suppose it's a, it's a, it's it's a good way to learn like nothing against the new era of DJs that are learning. But if we had those tools back then, it'd be. So much easier. Oh, it's a completely different ball game now. Yeah, yeah. But I guess it's 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 obviously as technology has made it easier, DJs have got to become find new ways to become more innovative, and that's where yeah. and, and and you're one of them. You you're, you're one of the guys that I, I think has has actually done that. But we'll come back to that as well. I don't want to yeah, escape. Yeah. I don't. So, I, I, I want to go back to yeah. Go on, carry on. Music, music. So I just I just even from being 16 years old and being in clubs, I shouldn't have shouldn't have even been in. Um, I was always just into partying and music. And uh, to be fair, I always listened to music that, like, the baseline scene evolved. And as soon as I heard this baseline stuff, and. So, are we all about, like, the Jamie Duggan stuff? We're talking, like, a bit before that when Speed Garage was still right. kind of. Okay. Yeah. Um, kind of about like 2005, 2006, and then obviously that's developed into your, like your four four baseline niche kind of stuff. And I'd buy the records, but never kind of took myself seriously. Never really wanted to play in clubs. I was buying vinyl and buying some like exclusive stuff, and I just enjoyed it. And I was yeah. just happy. So happy it, was ne- it was never really with the intent to actually become a performer. So no, I was literally just just. I just loved going out. I'd always be stood near the DJ box, like I did. I did know all the DJs. Yeah, yeah. Same place, like, yeah, yeah. As soon as as soon as Jamie Duggan started coming out to Malia when I was out there, like 2009, I think it was, when he'd come out and do guest sets, like we'd link up and stuff. He always had time for me, and like Tom Zanetti was obviously all, all also really young there, not not doing that much, just running around party and doing a couple of little events here and there, having yeah. fun. And, I don't, because I, I think, I'm, I think I'm guessing because someone who's um, someone who's like of myself who's not I'm, I'm not I'm not a northerner and I'm, I'm I'm in Leicester but I would class myself as a southerner. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. the baseline scene for uh, a lot of the twenties was massive up north. You had niche, oh, uh, you, you had uh, many clubs, and I think it was quite known even in Leicester. It was quite known that up north the baseline scene was massive. I don't think it really yeah. really caught on down here, and I still don't think it's caught on down here. Only no. only via chart music now. The popular music has now been influenced by by northern bass and yeah, yeah. and and up north there must have been I, I can imagine the buzz around that time when when bassline was really hot and you know it was a northern oh, thing and it was, yeah it was mad like even if 
even if you couldn't, if even if you weren't old enough to go to the raves, you were sat. Kids were sat on the back of the bus with their um, <laughs> with their blackberries blasting out the latest Mr V and T two tune and Jamie Duggan mixes and <laughs> yeah 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 it was very but that that scene came crashing down very very quickly and I think that was due to violence right there was there was a lot of yeah. controversy around that scene like with any popular thing you know you get a couple of dickheads getting on it and then all of a sudden um it goes pop unfortunately yeah, that was it. it just became it came very very almost you would say the police would say it was gang influenced but i don't know it's uh, that's another question is how knowledgeable the police are to what music actually does like looking at the the closure of fabric and stuff like that like what the, do the police actually know what's going on yeah that's that's a whole another story which you know what i'm gonna write i'm writing fabric down because we can come back to that later yeah, um yeah. so we are we are danny t is now what 17 um he's enjoying music at home he's there was no shazam back then so i'm guessing he's just standing by the dj box just trying to keep a memory of what the djs are playing and not even not even that you it was it was all about finding the stuff that other people didn't have then yeah that that's that itself is a um activity gone now because everyone has the same thing everyone can find yeah, out can, what is you can, you can access a tune the second it's on radio you can buy it yeah and and even like the remixes, every remix now is online. Everything there is yeah. not. There's no such thing as white labels anymore. Um, yeah, yeah. because DJs want to boost their popularity by showcasing their stuff online. That's right. And they as soon as it goes online, online, that's it. Everyone has it. And try and try and get themselves further that way rather than having those exclusives. There are some people though, especially in this like new school baseline scene that are putting out stuff. They're not even putting it on SoundCloud. They're only playing it when the DJ and Skepsis is a really good example of this. Okay. He's done a remix of an old Mr. V tune and it just, the reaction it's getting online, but nobody's got it apart from like Skepsis, Mr. V and Jamie Duggan. Like they're, they're keeping it so exclusive because I think they want to bring that 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 kind of that they want to bring that back. They want to bring it back that people go to a rave just to listen to a tune because they can't hear it anywhere else apart from By a that bad DJ. video. Yeah, yeah. It, that's want... I mean, it goes back like um, I, I think that hearing that is really really refreshing because I think that's that's an art that's lost now. Um, yeah. When I was growing up, it was the garage days, and even though I was never old enough to go to the garage raves, I would buy the garage packs and Danny. Bear in mind that back in the day, 20 quid is probably about 40 quid today. And yeah. I, I would spend 20 quid on eight cassettes. Garage <laughs> <laughs> Car Nation, Sun City, La Cosa Nostra. And here I was like, you know, trying to scavenge 20 quid for my mum and dad to go and buy these tape packs because, and each tape pack was a certain DJ. And, um, I would know who's my, like, um, um, Jason K was my favorite DJ because I knew he would play certain bangers that nobody nobody would. Yeah, now, yeah. if you were to have like a, a an equivalent tape pack, every tape would have the same track. You know, it's, yeah. there's no point. You might as well just have one, and yeah. that's cool. You mentioned the the new age baseline scene, um, which yeah, yeah. I'm guessing again is a northern thing. I don't think it is. You know, Bristol is got uh, Bristol as an area is having a very heavy influence on it because it seems that the dubstep scene from down there yeah. and the part of the drum and bass scene down there. Bristol was heavy on dubstep. Yeah, drum, but very, it's still on. It, it's still on. 
they're really jumping on this baseline hype and it's i think baseline has come back bigger than it ever was and the crowd is so happy nice and friendly it is untrue it's like it's full of posh kids wearing like <laughs> jumpers like it's it's, it's insane just yeah. to big up the posh kids big up all the posh kids out there making raven yeah. fun <laughs> like i'm not i'm not heavy into playing in the baseline scene it's like wh where i'm going musically i'm not segregating myself to one particular genre i'm still quite a quite a wide genre and i'm focusing on like the way i mix rather than the tunes that i play yeah because that's i would say that's how i know you as i know you as a dj who'll play everything but mix it in a way that you wouldn't normally hear everywhere else yeah yeah i think that's that's my way of making you know how the how you used to play all the exclusives yeah now i mix tunes in a way so that it's it is exclusive to me unless somebody directly copies exactly what i've done yeah um, it is an exclusive way of mixing and, so I, and i guess as well if you're doing it if you're doing it live then it, it will change as and when has, however you feel it so yeah nothing's yeah, ever repetitive as well I'll, I'll make up mixes on the spot and be like yo i need to remember that tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> i need to lay that one down the studio <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i hear that i hear that no, and so so we're going back again so tell me about when you first had the idea of djing and how did that come about so I was practicing on decks. I was watching, like, this is vinyl decks. Mm. Watching watching my favourite DJs at the time, like your Alex Simmons, Danny Bond. Or Alex Simmons was DJ Simo back then, playing like a like a lead, more lead sounding bass line, like organ, organ bass influenced, really fast house music. Um, that then developed into the electro scene. I'd just follow that whole scene and... I don't know. I'd never just. I just never tried to take opportunities to DJ. I'd, I'd obviously played abroad. I was going to Malia, like in the summers and stuff, and having fun playing in bars. And then the turning point was about four years ago. I knew how to mix. I was mixing in, like I was mixing abroad, but never really considered it as an option to do in the UK. And Prestige uh, was an MC, now a DJ. Um, he, we went out on a night out and I was introduced into loads of people that I knew cause he just moved up from London to Leeds and he literally went, why are you not DJing in Leeds? I went, I don't know. Like, I've never really thought about it. It was like, but you know, every DJ you've introduced me to like 20 DJs out on nights out tonight, would they not give you a chance to play? And three weeks later, I'd spoken to a few of them. And we launched our own night. Okay. Um, which lasted a good eighteen months. It did. It did well. Like three, three, four hundred up to up to our biggest one was just nearly like nearly a thousand people for a weekly event. You know that was Mate, in this day and age to hold a, to hold an event for eighteen quite, months at, at that kind of capacity is, is yeah, very good. impressive. Um, and in all honesty, I wasn't even playing the music that I liked. I was playing well. I like R and B, but I was never an R and B DJ. I learned how to play R and B to to run this night with a few friends that were already established R and B DJs. And I think playing R and B and being chucked in a club and like, right, you're doing an R and B set for the next hour. I think how how fast, how much faster you mix with R and B and stuff has made me a more creative house DJ anyway. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so started with that. that. That ran for a good 18 months and then just... I just saw saw a couple of opportunities. One thing I've always done is put mixes out and you know bootlegs, mashups, some some tunes and stuff. And I've always put them out, but I didn't really have an end goal. Now I've got I've got goals. So I know exactly what I'm aiming for. Where was the point where it was like shit? Okay, I know what I need to do now. I used to play at a club called Bed. In Leeds, uh, I, I was there Fridays and Saturdays. Played there for three or four months, and <laughs> ended up not getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is a standard thing for people in the DJ industry. I, I think people underestimate how, mu- how much shit we have to go through sometimes. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, it was. I'm not going to name the brand, but um, if you if if you're in the know, you know you no, know about it. Right. Name them, name them, and shame the motherfucker. <laughs> All right, so Gatecrasher refused to pay everybody. Yeah, fuck you, man. <laughs> pay, pay the guy. <laughs> so this was literally like seven or eight weeks' work I'd done without getting a penny's pay. Like, we owe you this. You've invoiced us. We're going to pay you. So I had to go to... I, had to, I went to Malia to obviously, you know, make and save some money so I could come back. And so was this your first year in Malia? Give it another go. No, no, this was like... This was like 2013. This was literally only like three three summers ago. Yeah, I was there that year. That was my last. Yeah, part. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah, it was. Um, we so, were in like opposing clubs, but yeah. yeah it was- <laughs> <laughs> oh, the old the old uh, opposition banter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, what was your first year in Malia? Uh, 2008 was my first. Okay, and, and was it just a leap of faith? Fuck it, I'm just going. We went on a lads' holiday okay. and. Went back two week, went back a week later and stayed there for a month, and then the following season we went and stayed there the whole summer, and it was just about fun. It was never for me. It was never about music or DJing. It was just about the no. lifestyle and having fun and a summer away from this awful weather that we get. Now, just to clarify for the people listening around the world, Malia is an island uh, on Crete. It's, it's basically on Crete, uh, an island of Greece, and it is a summer holiday island which. Um, if you've been there, you know that it has beauty in so many different ways, even disgusting ways, but it's still beautiful. Um, <laughs> yeah, so carry on. Um, so, yeah, then a few, a few, se- this 2013 season in Tamale, I literally, like, I'd done four full summers out there, just having a ball, having the time of my life, running, we were running some pool parties and, you know, like events and stuff. I had a couple of celebrities come over from time to time and, yeah. It was just, it was good. I never, I was always good at just kind of naturally doing business, if that makes sense. Just naturally just making stuff work, so I'd work hard on it. And then 2013 came and I started to be on flyers and my face getting put about and my name getting put about and I created the It's Danny T jingle and the It's Danny T branding. It's and- Danny T! Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I start, because... But prior to 2013, um, I don't think I'd ever even met you. No, I, don't I, I was in Malia from 2008 as well. And in 2013 was, uh, that was the year that we were from, from, I think the story with us in 2013, that we were working so hard to make our shit work. We weren't really looking at other things. And it was just like, you know, I, I'd see Danny T come because of what all the hard work you were doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was, it was like, you know, I think there was... Uh, we were both in our own little worlds making shit work doing whatever we could to further our careers yeah 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 i, I started and that's the point where i started seeing right this 
this can work this can be a career like i'm starting to get more residencies and stuff at home and and then i got back from that summer. how did I've you had... one thing i want to go to the residencies at home right did you yeah. so malia was a big catalyst in getting their residencies how did you connect with two how did that happen right um i don't think malia was a way of doing it malia just gave the gave me the experience of you could play three tunes wrong in malia and you lose the club. in a row and you, you could lose, lose the that fucking club, club nothing keeping them in the club so i think that that really teaches you how to read a dance floor it really teaches you how you know not to play too hard for the crowd how to warm them up nicely just everything that you need to be for a resident dj i was accidentally learning in the hardest way possible because and you were doing it seven days a week it was constant yeah, exactly, there was no yeah, days off 100 and 140 nights in a row kind of thing it's yep. dread to think how many bottles of sambuca we went through but yeah it's <laughs> it's all a bit of a blur but yeah it's it, it was it was it was learning so um the general manager of bed club that i was playing at before then um took on um prism one of the biggest clubs in leeds yeah well, it around england now yeah, it's yeah, it's it's one of the one of the flagships. So he he brought me in as like I suppose Friday night warm up DJ. Okay, and and then a few months later, uh, one of the other DJs from the other DJ from the Friday uh, left. I got thrown in at the deep end, and like you have to pick up a microphone now. You need to use the microphone. It's a it's that kind of venue. You have to you have to pick up the microphone and interact with the crowd. I'm like. No, I'm a DJ. I can't pick up a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> so just literally working with working with people like you, working with people like Prestige on the mic, and just that's given me a totally different way of using the microphone because I use it like you use it as a as a tool to your set, a garage host as a tool. Yeah, yeah. like ho hyping up my sets rather than just talking for no reason to, yeah, yeah, to yeah. Steve on his 34th birthday kind of. there, there was a lot of that in Malia wasn't it a big shout out to the Southampton girls and Debbie yeah, celebrating yeah. her birthday <laughs> yeah 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 a, a lot of that kind of stuff but it just I just use that as a tool so I, I went from being um like Prism's Friday night warm-up DJ to Prism's Friday and Saturday night main room DJ in like four or five months now that i've uh, got to take a stop there now for people that are are listening and, and thinking oh that's cool i gotta say i've being had the experience that i've done to be able to do what danny's just said is, is fucking cool man so like <laughs> that five months because I, I i've been i in when i was a resident dj in leicester um there was a club called chili white which basically was like the the primo club on the on the street that we were all djing well i say well i was djing on a different club and you look at chili white and think i want to play there i want to play there and you do you you end up getting a small i, I had a small room set and then it, it it went over the course of a year then i eventually got the the main room but that the the graft and the fucking feeling of like accomplishment yeah. that you get mate that's sick that's really sick you just have to i think you just have to keep yourself different and try. i i see music in a totally different way i don't see tracks as oh i'll play that track and then the next one is oh i'll play that track i see it as how can i play that track differently to make people dance harder jump higher and sing louder yeah yeah i think that's that's one way that's that's just how i've how i've worked i've always strive to to do one better than i did yesterday kind of thing 
So now we are at a point where to 2013, you've uh, you've now you know you're, you're fully trained, Malia trained DJ, which is which is yeah. I, I don't think people uh, appreciate as much as the people in Malia do because there is a saying. I was talking to to Jordan, um, and there is a saying, Malia trained DJ, and it's yeah. no coincidence that a lot of the Malia lot now are doing pretty well for themselves. Oh, um, it's incredible how well some of them are doing. There's just look at the people that have come like from Malia and now are now doing like you've got Jordan from Jordan from the Valleys who's now Mister <laughs> Mister Worldwide doing yeah, Mayfair sessions. Jordan, gonna get Jordan on the show soon. We have, have a chat yeah, with him. Yeah. He's uh, but again, every single person is still so grounded and so humble and still got time for everybody. And you've got Charlesy touring the world with Tiny Temper. Yep. Um, obviously Jordan doing his stuff in Marbella, Dubai, like all over the south of England. Um, there's you and Rewire touring all over the place. <laughs> there's, there's me chasing you all. <laughs> <laughs> you think you are, mate, but I think I think you caught up pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> but no, and I think one thing with with the Mali, there is a brotherhood there, and I think everyone because we've all been the thing with Malia is that. When you hear when people hear us to, who are listening now, when you when you hear us talking about Malia, you probably picture an island twenty twenty four seven party 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 party. Let me tell you now, the first three hours every fucking day of DJing, you're playing to nobody unless you're playing in a bar, and you could be uh, in a club that doesn't do very well that summer because every year is volatile, and it will be the worst fucking summer of your life. But then you you don't really look at it as that. For some reason, there's something very special about Malia that when you leave there, you kind of think, oh, I had a fucking great summer. Even though you probably could count the amount of people you played to on your hand that summer and per night. Yeah, it's... It's a graft. It's, it's, it's like anywhere. It's got its ups and downs, but it's... I think, like, go, going on from, like, 20, 2013, um, I got taken on... I, I, I didn't do a summer in Malia in 2014. I just flew back and forth and was doing... Like gigs every so All often. All right, so let's talk about talk, let's talk about 2014. You're saying that you're doing uh, you're fl- flying back gigs there. You went to yeah. I, I had five residences at home. I didn't want to give those up um, because I potentially wouldn't get them back. I saw it as 52 weeks a year income, so I wanted to keep hold of everything. So then you uh, were you were paying for your flights there and back, and you, you were doing all that yourself. Yeah, yeah. Like some sometimes they get paid for me to play in to play in one or two of the clubs out there, but then yeah, mainly I was just I, to be honest, the flights are really cheap, and I was just thought it's going to cost me hundred and thirty quid to go to Malia and back for two nights. I might as well do that. I'd yeah, waste. exactly. It's an investment. It. It's it's an investment in your yeah. business. Um, so um, you were going from so you had your residency. Was it in bed? Uh, no, I was at prison at this point. Oh, sorry, sorry, prison. Uh, prison. Yeah. And then you had your Malia, and you were in Mallorca, weren't you? Where were you? No, that was last summer. That okay. wasn't until 2016, um, start of last summer. So where were uh, the other residencies in 2014? In the summer? In the summer, they were just, they were just all I had. I had one in Halifax, uh, three in Leeds, um, and a fourth in Leeds that I was doing as well, like late night on a Saturday. And then in Malia as well? And then I was going straight from straight from prison on a Saturday straight to Manchester Airport to get a nine AM flight to Malia. <laughs> and then I'd get a bit of sleep on the plane and then wake up and go and do a boat party and oh it's crazy, but it's 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 all good fun and it's what we what we dreamed of to start with. Yeah, man. Okay, I gotta ask as well, when you fly, do you have a certain outfit that you wear? Is there like a certain uniform for your flights? 
yeah, depending on depending on whether it's a warm flight or a cold flight, it's just the comfiest thing I can ever find. Like, <laughs> like big like Air, Air Force um, Air Force One, big Air Force One, like super comfy. Yeah, just comfy <laughs> shoes, just jogging bottoms or jogging bottom shorts or uh, just a, a t shirt. Just comfort is key when you're traveling. Like, I'll even. I travel every, on every form of transport. I'm in jogging bottoms if it's if I'm there for any any more than an hour. Too right, mate. Too right. <laughs> I I have um. And this is I'm calling myself out in a bit. Um, but I have one pair of shorts, right? And they are the, the zips broken on the pockets. Um, they're an Adidas pair, but you can't see it because the Adidas logos come off. They've been worn and washed that much. But I <laughs> wear them on every fucking flight. I got <laughs> lucky shorts. Yeah, my lucky shorts, and I've actually got them on now. <laughs> <laughs> um and i because one thing i do uh, i really hate man i really I, I when you travel and people are wearing jeans and i've tried it because there's been certain flights where we're gonna get off and there's uh certain people there that you have to look presentable to instantly yeah and i've had to fly in jeans and honestly they're the most uncomfortable fucking flights i've ever been on like uh, why would anyone even wear jeans on a flight it doesn't i don't get it i when i'm flying to like like belfast and Dublin and little shorter flights like that, and you see guys in full suit, yeah. <laughs> with the briefcases. I'm like, what? How do you yeah. like put some dragon bottles on? It's a different world, man. Different world. Right. So we're now end of 2014. Um, you've had a very successful year. I'm gathering. Would you call it a success? Yeah. Looking looking back, I think what more I could have done. But at the time, I was miles, I'm massively overachieving anything I could have ever wanted to do which is from someone that three three or four years ago had never even thought of playing in clubs regularly it's you know it's all stepping stones and it's all i look back and think oh why why did i not drop residences and start to do booking sooner but doing the residences has given me that stage confidence and that stage presence which is keeping the bookings and rebookings coming because i'd I have a level of confidence. I don't go up to a set of decks and I'm nervous. I, I go up and I'm like, right, how can I make this crowd go absolutely crazy? Which I'm sure <laughs> that's exactly what you do as well when you've got a microphone in your hand. Uh, I try to. <laughs> I, don't know if it, I don't know if it works all the time or not, but yeah, definitely try to. And I think um, you're right about the resident DJs, uh, the, the residencies. Um, I hold my old residencies back in Leicester very dear to my heart because... Yeah, yeah they are they are a part of your nurturing and growing and i'll t- I'll, t- I'll tell you this for nothing as well um when you see people on shows like club mtv shows uh on, yeah. on massive stages and stuff you can tell if they've been a resident dj somewhere or if they've just made a track that's been a hit and they've been told yeah, to dj you can tell so yeah of course and, and it also shows i've played with a lot of djs that have turned up and they're literally just breaking it absolutely yeah. breaking it and i'm like how can you be scared you got paid like three grand for this hour's work you're about to do <laughs> i remember once um the one of the clubs that i used to work at in leicester booked um lauren pope's brand yeah, uh, yeah. was it was it i don't know if it was hers but it was like high heels and headphones or something yeah, yeah. and uh, the dj turned up and she was like i don't know what to do and i looked at her and i'm like you're fucking me right you you got to see her. She had, she had she had these CDs, which were obviously given to her, and she's like, I don't know what to do, and 
I knew what this fucker was getting paid. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, credit to you, credit to you, right? You're, 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 you're in this position, blah, blah. But what don't you know what to do? And she's like, I, I don't know what to do. She was looking at the decks like, what the fuck do I do? And she had never done it before. She got booked to play because she's a pretty girl and she was wearing these high heels. She had never done it before. And hey, that, that, I, di- I digress, but you know, carry on. <laughs> I've, played, I've played with some... It's happened on two occasions now where I've played with a a big DJ, like a household name, and they've gone on to play after me. Like, I, I'm always very, very, when it comes to warming up for a big DJ, I'm so respectful. Like, do whatever you want afterwards, but before it, don't try and ruin the set. Like, people are there to see them shine. Let them shine. Yeah, They'll absolutely love you forever. On that note, though, well, we could take a second now and talk about the uh, the warm-up DJ sets and, you know, yeah. the, the case of the dickhead warm-up DJ, which which happens <laughs> a lot. And I, I, I kind of... I, when it happens when it happens to us because obviously with our sets we're very high high octane high energy um uh, and our our track lists are you know you can pull up our set from anywhere and you can listen to our bootlegs and hear what we play there has been more times than i'd like to count danny where people are rocking up playing like you know, at the time when when I, when I came back off Malia and we were rocking animals in our set, regardless of whether it's you know obviously animals was a massive track, but the fact is that you know that there's two guys coming on who are being billed on this night as the main acts that are going to play this track. Yeah, but yeah. Nope. You go and play animals, and you're like you're backstage. You're like, all right, that's okay, mate. You can play that. We don't. I don't really have a big problem. Like I'm like whatever you want to fucking do, mate. Like I, I'll do my job, and I know I'll smash it. Oh, I don't know. I, I, sometimes I fail, but you know. I, 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 do, I do the best that I can. So I've never been like when when you hear a DJ doing that, you're like, I've always looked at it as in like you just want to make a name for yourself, and that, that's fair enough. But goddamn, you would make a more, you would make so much more a name yourself, and you'll get so much more respect. Yeah, yeah. If you understood what a warm up DJ set is, because you could just this when you hear a good warm up DJ, like I take time and go and chat to them and say, listen, like that was sick. What you did there was yeah. sick. And Do you know what? It's so impressive. If you can what if you can make the crowd build up and get to a point where a DJ can go on and smash it without can, playing they, any yeah, the banger. They can do you whatever are they want and they'll smash times it. better DJ than than a hell of a lot of DJs out there. I've literally played sets before where the warm up DJ has played I play quite quite commercial, quite rowdy, quite Quite stuff that people know, but in in a slightly different way. Literally, the three songs in the ten minutes before my set, "Feed 'Em to the Lions," um, "Freed from Desire," and then they've literally played my own Lion King remix before my set. <laughs> I was like, "What you're, are you doing?" You're sitting there thinking, "What the uh, what the fuck am I? What, the fuck? <laughs> what am I gonna do? What can I play now?" It is, uh, it, but then the thing is that uh, this kind of thing happens. So uh, and then I guess it's just. It's very annoying when the, the case of the warm-up DJ strikes. Um, but, yeah, going back to... Again, though, it just makes you adapt. You've got to adapt and do the best you can. So it puts you on the spot again. It gives you that buzz again, really. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it literally, like, you, you've... To some extent, when you're DJing in different places with uh, on, a, on a consistent basis, you play, you know, you find yourself as a human going to comfort. And you yeah. you have your comfort mixes, and there are certain situations like when you get given a warm up set to someone who's playing very similar music to you or whatever. You're like, "Fuck, okay, I need to think now." <laughs> and it does; it kind of like rejuvenates the mind a little bit. I like that. I, I think that's really cool when when you get different sets like that. I like I like it when we get booked to play 
um, say when we get uh, last year, we got booked to play uh, Walmart to Martin Garrix uh, a couple of times. I like that because I'm like, do you know what? We play a lot of Martin Garrix's stuff, and it's nice the fact that you take all his tracks out of our sets. We now have to redevelop a set. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. fun. It, it just it, it's what it's what made this fun for me in the first place. And you don't want to go. You don't want to go too over the top. You want to make sure that Martin Garrix still steals the show. It's his show to take. It's yeah. they're, the they're there because of him. Yeah, exactly. You don't. You don't. You don't want to. It, it could look desperate. It looks desperate if you try. If you try too hard before somebody who is getting paid like a six-figure sum to be there, it does. It would look desperate. It looked like you know you're trying to clutch at being better than him when just let him take it you can yeah. try and work and get there get that's there right with yeah your time your time will eventually come well yeah. you'd like to hope it does and and i think as well when 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 you when you do that so say like when an individual thinks okay i'm gonna try and steal this show and of course the people are gonna go mad for the music because you're playing the music that the headline act's gonna play <laughs> yeah you know what it's, it's like you know exactly what he's gonna play so there's no there's no thought gone into it on your behalf. But if you were to go in and think, okay, you know what? I have a task here and boys and girls listening. This is, this is some, you know, the lesson tree. Um, if you are going in, what would you say, Danny? Like, what would you say is the best advice for someone being a warm-up DJ to, a, to an act? Who, who is obviously headlining that? Um, just, you can impress them in different ways. You can impress them by being a bit more skillful in what you play. Just to, I could do a set that would make a DJ stood behind me who might be getting paid 20, 30, 50,000 pounds. Watch me do the set and go, wow, that was really impressive. But the crowd are not going absolutely nuts because you're leaving that for them to do. Just be respectful. Try and try and get noticed for different things other than stealing other people's limelight. The last thing you ever want to do is copy what someone else's trade is why why do you don't want to be them you want to be your own your own trade your own like your own product almost exactly so okay are you all right for time because we're on the 40 minute mark yeah yeah i've got let me have a look i've got i know you're busy and i appreciate you being here no, no, it's not, I've, got, I've got 36 minutes left battery okay. on, all right, all right I, won't, I won't take i'll take 35 no i'm joking um <laughs> so but let's quickly move to uh last year because i think last year you probably had the year of your career yeah, last year went a bit, a bit crazy. A bit, <laughs> a little bit crazy. Um, uh, 2015. We'll start summer 2015. I really started to develop like a following and a fan base in Malia, just by being different. I'm well, a your social media game was on point, and it still yeah, is. Yeah. It is one of the things that you are probably the best person I know that does it. Um. And, and oh, sorry, carry on. I didn't, I didn't my Valentine's Day artwork. No, I've not, I've not seen <laughs> Valentine's mix artwork. <laughs> well, where can people get that if they want to see it? Um, it's going to be on my Instagram later on today, but the mix is going online on Thursday as well as a video on Facebook. Okay, he says later on today, but basically it'll be on uh, days before because this ain't going on that live. Oh just, yeah, uh, just, just okay. so you guys knew, <laughs> it's going on. It's going on on Thursday. I don't even know what date that is. What day is it today? Yeah. Eight. Let, Thursday the ninth. Let's just keep dates out of it. It's already online, uh, guys. It's already on. <laughs> yeah, it's already online. Yeah, <laughs> enjoy, enjoy my Valentine. <laughs> and I hope you, you, I hope you guys had a great Valentine's Day. 
<laughs> so I literally, I was, I was put into a club, a new, a new club had opened, and they gave me the chance to that's shine. Warehouse, like, right? We gotta give us piss. Yeah, warehouse. That's where you, you lot were last summer as well. Yeah, mate. Um, coming in and playing for us, and I just got, I got given the chance to shine, and I think, I think everything just added up. The fact that I was playing a bit different, I was playing very rowdy, very noticeable sets. I, I can't please everybody. Nobody can. There's obviously. There's people that are not going to like what I do. Just let them, like, you can't always like everything, but I was just given a chance to shine, and I'm quite a recognisable person to look at as well. So it just all, it just all, it just all added up. And then the same happened last summer, uh, summer 2016, and the following just kept building. And then I took the plunge in, uh, like, as soon as I got back, end of August, and just dropped all the residencies I was doing. I fell out of love of it. It, it sounds horrible, but I really just, I was DJing just because I was getting paid rather than because yeah, yeah. I loved it. And I was playing tunes that I didn't particularly like, just long, long nights, like four, four five hour sets. It sounds like a lot, but having, having 20 hours of music blasting in your ears at a hundred, hundred plus decibels. Yeah. For years, of, years on years on years on years. Yeah, it just, mm. it just, it don't, it, it, you wake up with headaches, you wake up feeling terrible, you just... Have you, uh, have you invested in, uh, um... Ear- yeah, I've got ears. proper earplugs now, which, I just... Which, uh, which one did you go for? ACS. ACS, yeah. ACS yeah. is sick, man, I use them. Yeah, I've got, I've lost three sets of them now, I'm on my fourth set. <laughs> Do you know what, someone was telling me the other day, um, because uh, I was, because I, I've, I think I've lost, I've lost the pair and I've I managed to, like, finally, like, just... I find the effort to go and get a new set and um i was telling i can't remember who it was it was it was at a dj set and i was telling him about how um yeah i, I just i because i i lose things like that like sunglasses uh ear protectors all that i, I lose them all the time so that's yeah. why i'll never spend more than five pound on a pair of sunglasses anymore if you see the sunglasses i wear they're like chinese sunglasses off ebay but <laughs> but i buy like i'll buy like 10 pairs for like 10 pound <laughs> oh, I, I need to invest in some of that mate and if it breaks you look at it and think meh <laughs> and i was talking to someone who um who gave me some really really good advice about uh, never losing them and you can get like cases for these you get the standard cases for them anyway but you can get special cases with them which have like a a, a loop like a curing loop and uh, this guy has attached a full-on 2kg mini dumbbell to it <laughs> and he's like he's like Vasky I've never ever lost him again <laughs> Does it take, I'm guessing he never takes him on an aeroplane well that's the thing yeah I didn't actually ask him about that um but you know what you can take it on an aeroplane because you could just put it as part of your keys you don't weigh them that's true and he's like I know it's stupid and he honestly is like this, this little min- it's like the size of your forefinger and it's just this mini I think it's 1kg or 2kgs and he's like I, I, I've spent, because these aren't cheap, ACSs aren't cheap, and he's like, I spent way too much money that I'd like to admit on replacing lost ones, so I've just bought this dumbbell, <laughs> and I'm like, you know what, I'm actually going to do that, <laughs> going to fucking do that, <laughs> so yeah, so we're going back to, um, you, you were at a point where you were ready to take the plunge, uh, and yeah, I just dropped it, thought, give it a go, uh, worst case scenario, I could probably get some residences back at some point, sure. and it started slow, it started a bit, not desperate, but a bit like, because because I was so used to just getting paid regularly, DJing all the time, it was like, if I didn't meet the amount of money I was making before, like, before in that week, I was like, oh god, I could have, 
I shouldn't yeah. have done this. I shouldn't. Have. So the the worry starts, and then it literally like it started to do all right. Freshers was really good. Um, you, did, uh, so are you approaching the universities yourself? And I never, your... never even played at a university apart from Leeds. Yeah, I was just getting booked for different events. How, all how, how are you getting booked for these events? So were people directly calling you, or were you approaching some them? of them? Yeah. So well, ma- mainly I was just like networking with some of the clubs I'd worked at before, and people putting my name forward for stuff like resident DJs going, "Oh, you should come and play here," and I'm like. Well, put me in touch with the manager. We'll try and sort something out. And sometimes... The only thing you were doing that I noticed... Uh, sorry to cut you up again. I keep doing it. But hey, when I was just like, yes, go on, Danny. Is um, Obviously, your social media game is strong. And yeah. you had people like you had, you had people that follow you very, very well. That's one thing you do. You have a very strong following. And people um, demanding you to be at a certain place. And next thing you know, your next run of dates, you're at that place. Yeah, that's that sometimes works. It just gives people like... Well, I, I still get asked to play all over. Like, I know I've got a decent following in a fair few cities I've never played in, but it's just, it's playing it cool and not acting desperate. Because if, if you start going to a club, oh, come on, please please let me play here. Like, they're just like, all right, cool. Um, we'll, we'll give you we'll 100 quid. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, well, it's going to cost me that to get there. And then you just, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's been tactful and hot, biding your time. And one thing I've, always just aimed at is a fan base yeah all i've tried to do is please the people reward the people that follow my stuff keep giving people regular stuff and make sure they tell their friends that's that's how i've done it and it's to start with it didn't work work in my favor there was a lot of people getting a lot of bookings that i I literally thought like not in an arrogant way i just thought "I, i know i've got a bigger following in that city than this person but they're getting booked because they've networked properly with the promoters and the managers of the clubs and that's one thing i never really focused on and so then you learned from that you looked at the people that would were doing what you wanted yeah. and you thought hold on i can i can improve myself and i yeah, can work on that now just now now people so november came and as as the start of november came the start of november is notoriously pretty bad because it's straight after halloween which is the biggest night of the year yeah, and freshness is done and you know fresh all is the done. Stuff Everyone's doing for Christmas so the start of November is bad luckily my birthday falls on the 7th of November so I did 12 birthday dates in a row <laughs> birthday sets so that worked really well for me but as soon as those birthday sets were done I didn't have a free obviously I, I take like a Tuesday off and a Sunday off every week yeah, are um, they your days are they your days that you like to take off they're kind of my days but if I get a booking I'll happily take yeah, it yeah of course you would yeah. but they're my days that I don't really get booked they're my days to just do more work what, what do you do <laughs> well, so in, in your days off what do you do work yeah work on the sets work on... oh I never stop planning I never stop it's thinking it's an addiction isn't it it is, it is yeah 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 it's, it's, it is music is an addiction if you're and in now, really I, you see I was still working quite hard on stuff when I was a resident and you never see the rewards because you're just getting the same residences and the same money and albeit the gigs can be absolutely incredible um like at some of the main room residences i've had have just been like some of the best sets of my life still even but you'll though- but you'll never at these resident dj sets no matter how good an individual like i saying and no matter how good a bootleg you make yeah. you know how good a, it will never really get appreciated because the people aren't necessarily there to see you they're going yeah. to the club to have a good time and obviously your music is a big factor in it but they're not there to see you so they'll never take notice of the little things that you're doing 
yeah that's that's true and then so november came i had all my i had literally every day that i could have filled up filled up and then i was gonna have two weeks two weeks off in january because january is literally the worst part of the year yeah yeah it as is. soon as but by the end of that fortnight period i didn't have an empty friday or saturday until may and now i don't have a free friday or saturday until june so it's bookings were just flying in i wasn't even doing anything people were just messaging it's obviously just the work i've been doing has just spiraled and i'm like i'm taking gigs like three hours apart on the same i night. noticed that um you're doing like three gigs on one day and stuff i'm like fuck how is he doing that like you just like, literally go from one to the other to the other <laughs> what today i had five sets that's 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 some graph bro that's some serious <laughs> graft <laughs> it's uh yeah, that was that was really good. That was that was a lot of fun. No, so in in this day and age, right? If um, it's, let's just say someone wants to, someone aspires to be a DJ, and um, you know, and wants to put in the work, where would you say now? And I mean this in I, in the most serious way. You've got music, you've got social media, right? In today's DJ world, what is bigger? The popularity of someone, if their social media is on point, if their brand is on point, it's yeah. bigger than how talented they are on the decks. I, I think so. I think in today's age, and it's sad to say, but hey, it's real, we're realists. Um, your social media game is more important than your ability to mix as, as a DJ. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think there's literally one DJ who's blown up in recent-ish times that is known for his DJ skill and that's Jaguar skills. It's Jag like, skills. And I'll tell you someone else as well. My favorite DJ of all time, DJ EZ had a resurgence in the yeah, last yeah, four well, years. Well, EZ not of recent times. That's a, like yeah. EZ was the, like the originator. He's just like, he's, he's God, he, mate. He is a DJ. He's God. The, he's the guy that, that taught the world how to, how to DJ differently than just, Hey, he's YouTube. still teaching the world how to DJ. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and yeah, so he, yeah, Jack Skills, Jack Skills is another, uh, a very, very interesting one. Uh, and he's someone that I am going to get on the show. Um, um, we've, we've booked in a date and I, I, he is one of the very, in fact, he's probably one of the only ones, like you said, in today's age that has made a name for himself purely on his mixing and DJ yeah, ability. Yeah. Obviously his marketing game is on point. You can tell it yeah, with the Jaguar. Yeah, yeah. with with That's his, one thing I was going to say, like Jag, if Jaguar Skills didn't have a mask, and he was called like I don't uh, know, Clive Clive Robinson, DJ Joe Bloggs. <laughs> I, I don't think he a hundred percent wouldn't be where he is. He's created an insanely good brand, yeah. and he's a lovely guy. He deserves he everything. Is. Yes, he is, he's he's, the a most, top bloke. he's he's so he's just so willing to help. Like he's so he gave me some really good advice and I still stick by it today. I'm not going to share it with you because it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's really good advice, but, um, yeah, I'm still, I'm still sticking by his, he probably won't even remember telling me it cause we were that drunk, but yeah. I literally like, I'll remember the things that he said for my entire life. Cause he complimented me as a DJ and for him to do that, I was just like, what this yeah. is like that's the, mad props man mad one props. of the best djs in the world but he was like just refine what you do and try and do this in a certain way and do this for certain people and i'm still doing that i'm still 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 following what what he told me three years ago yeah respect big up jag skills um is the man so yeah so <laughs> and, and in terms of uh social media uh, and we'll wrap we'll wrap this up now because i've kept you long enough um and your battery's probably dying 
In terms yeah. of social media, what would you say is the most important platform right now? For me, Snapchat is my biggest one. And how did you grow Snapchat? What did you do to grow that? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just... it's Obviously, you put all your social branding on everything, but snapchat's the one people are nosy people want to there's a reason why reality tv shows have blown up there's a reason why geordie shaw's big why love island's done well x on the beach because the great british public and i'm i'm sure it extends out of great britain as well they are all nosy bastards they want to see <laughs> they want to see what you're feeding your dog at four o'clock on a tuesday afternoon because the, the, you're just a talking point and I do keep regularly putting stuff on Snapchat. You do. That just builds like, you're, up. And you're, on, you're on the you're on the Snapchat hype a lot. People like if you're putting fresh music on there, it, it begs questions. You put songs on there that people have never heard, and they want to know what it is. And I guess with the beauty with Snapchat as well, if you do put a clip of like a, a brand new remix or like a bootleg, no one can really see it again. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, that, that they it stays. They can't rip it off you. Yeah. If I was to put if I was to put something on SoundCloud, like anyone Wait, that, could that'd be ripped a hundred times. Kind of ripped. But yeah, it's uh, fa- Facebook's. Facebook's a good one. Facebook's a good one for your for base. Your, is that your, like, yeah, your base? You've got to have everything. You've got to have like, if somebody wants to book you, if you, if somebody literally like this could be <clears throat> a, a sixteen-year-old glass collector in a nightclub or an eighteen-year-old glass collector, whatever, in a club that might listen to your SoundCloud. She, he, or she could literally go up to the GM in passing comment and be like. You need to book Danny T. He's really good. And what's he going to do? He's probably going to ignore it. If a second member of staff mentions my name, it might, it might, um, like, jig his memory. Yeah. So what's he going to do? He's going to look at all your social media and try and learn about you. He's not going to add you on Snapchat. He's going to look at your Facebook. He probably won't even bother looking at your Twitter these days. Cause no, I, I think Twitter's uh, taking a very steep downward turn. Yeah, there's only like your your Nathan Dawes that are just dominating Twitter. Yeah, um, but yeah, he's he's gonna look at your Facebook and he might look at your Instagram. So you just got to you've got to have content on there. You've got to look busy. You've got to you've got to put stuff. I had, sometimes I find myself and I'm like, what can I put online today? <laughs> just like, oh, fuck, what have I got? Just look like that. <laughs> More more than twenty five percent of my work is not music related. It's just thinking of content that can go on social media that people can relate to and which, buy which into. Which is now a job in itself. Oh, it is. It's there's there's a reason why social media managers get paid so much. You're like I've taken a picture of everything in my bedroom. I got nothing to take a picture of. <laughs> I'm literally like I've got two photographers lined up to follow me around for two hours to just take pictures of me doing random stuff just so I can get up, <laughs> get them up on Instagram because people people just like to see what you're up to. They they really like to. They really like to buy into your product. I read, I read it all that. goes in hand in hand. It works. You know, people do want to buy into your product, and this is the best way of doing it. I, re- I read an article the other day, and it was for it was by Danny Savage, who used to run ma- <clears throat> massive, like really cool underground nights in Leeds, and um, he's now like a social media expert as such. Like he he's got online courses, and this I was reading this article, and <clears throat> he was comparing a few DJs, and he was like. Seth Troxler is a prime example. People have bought into his personality rather than his DJ skill or his DJ ch- like his his tunes. People have bought into him because he's hilarious and because 
of what he's like on funny videos when he's when he's like when he's like on another planet just talking on <laughs> doing, doing interviews and just being this this absolute craziness that like this crazy guy people have bought into that and they want to see oh it's seth troxler and you they, they don't know one track that he's put out or but they know the guy because of what well, they know the guy that he's put out there yeah he's, he's sold himself as a brand and as a person so that's one thing i'm really going down now is the kind of put your personality out there people are buying into you a lot more because they want to meet you rather than just see you play music. That gives them the big, a, a bigger desire to want to see you in a club. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that 100%. But no way. Danny, we are at the hour mark. I know. Mate, where's the time gone? It's been good. To, this is probably the longest we've spoken to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you ain't wrong, mate. <laughs> oh, so, but anyway, we've probably had some like 7am sun rising drunken conversations in, in uh, Malia but yeah in Petrino's putting the world to right yeah man uh, before you go I've got a couple of questions what's your what's your favourite food on road right now oh sushi sushi any day yeah and uh, so are we talking Mark Spencer sushi or are we talking no that's not sushi well you know it's, it says it <laughs> it says it is <laughs> no no it's gotta be it's gotta be at, at least your sushi your sushi's at the base right yeah, that your sushi is your sushi's good. Big up uh, Blue Plate Mondays. Blue Plate. You know what's really interesting is that um, so Yo Sushi um is the what is the probably the most commercial sushi sushi I say sushi I can't sushi restaurant um in the UK and I was on uh, Knightsbridge Road um and you had a Yo Sushi and you had a Japanese restaurant yeah, yeah. and there was a queue outside one of them and one of them had no one in there. Guess which one had a queue outside. Your sushi. No, the queue was outside of a Japanese restaurant. Really? And so I was like, "Well, fuck it, I'm joining this queue." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, probably just not open. <laughs> but then in saying that, though, Yo Sushi's Yo Sushi's game is strong. I love yeah. their uh, beef teriyaki, man. That's strong. Yeah, it's ma- marketing genius. It's and you always you the... always overspend because you just keep picking up plates. You're like, oh, I love that, yeah, I love yeah, that. Yeah. And next thing you know, you got a twenty pound bill. You're like, Jesus Christ, where did where this come from? Yeah, yeah. IOU. <laughs> it's not my favourite restaurant, but it's my favourite, like, just nipping and eat kind of joint. Because you can. It's always, yeah. like, it's, it's, it's readily available. And final question, Danny T, who's your favourite DJ? Oh, my God. Oh, my Dead or alive? God. This is such a hard question. Okay, let me refine it. Who's your favourite DJ right now? Of like today, who are you feeling? Oh, right, right now, it's got to be EZ because he's pulled it back out the bag. Yeah. He's just, he's done, he's done a, a complete flip 180 and Garage died. And then he's come back getting paid five, five, maybe 10 times more than he was when he was at his biggest, when Garage was at his biggest, like his branding is just, yeah. yeah. And there's no one, there's no one. And he's sick. He's absolutely sick. Yeah. There's but, no one more yeah. deserving either. Cause he is, he is genuinely ridiculously good at what he does. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, him and Jaguar skills, it's got to be out of them too. Jaguar's, Jag's, uh, Jag's skills is just, the fact of how nice he is makes me just love what he does even more because he just, he just, do you know what as well? He's so nice and placid and chilled and then he gets on stage and the game face is on and he turns into this animal and I'm just like, 
yes, I, that's what I need to do. Yeah. <laughs> I do that. I do get that from a lot of people. A lot of people see me before a set, and they're like, even some like fans and stuff are like, "Oh, you're boring." I'm like, I'm not. I'm just. I'm chilled. I'm laid back. I'm preparing. Yeah, because I think a lot of people. Um, I've got hour to power my way. That's, I think as a, as a performer, I think when you're on stage, you are yourself times ten. Um, yeah, that, that's yeah. all you should really aim to be like yourself times 10 and when people actually meet you and you're just you know we're all normal dudes and, and doing what we do they're just like well is that it and i think like it's just like well yeah i am a normal dude you know <laughs> yeah, what, what more do you expect yeah. what do you want someone me to do what do you want from night. me <laughs> someone came up to me to me the other night like he'd come over for a picture making a massive fuss like out after i'd literally left the back the back entrance of this club because i just wanted to to get out there and get get to bed after i finished my set he's jumped on me like oh daddy t can i have a picture this like yeah 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 of course man of course yeah, let's do it got a picture he's like oh you're dead boring in real life i was yeah. like what do you mean like compared to my soundcloud where all you do is listen to, like what do you want me to do like <laughs> take my shirt off and do a dance like what, how, what do you want me to do to make you think that i'm just like non-human person <laughs> that is funny all right, bro. I'm going to leave you alone now. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate the time. It's been good, really good, good catching up. And Because, like, it is. Um, it is like, it's kind of like, I find, I find doing you know, these these uh, podcasts that I've been doing, um, I find them really therapeutic. And uh, Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. It's, it's, I've got a massive smile on my face because you reminded me to remind myself of where I've come from and where I've got to and where I need to go. And it's there just. There you go. All, all Danny T's future success is is, is now owed to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, it's it's good. It's do you know it's really motivating to see how how good friends are doing, how well good friends are doing as well. A lot of people get envious over that. I I take it as if someone's doing a lot better than me, even if they don't deserve it, I take my hat off to them like they're doing something I'm not. It just it makes you work harder. Yeah, I think, and and that's what. And that's what is nice with, I'd say, majority of the circle of DJs that, you know, that there's different circles that I have. And I think a lot of it, once you get to the higher levels, it's, it's a lot less apparent. But once you get to, when you're on our level, there is a, a lot of support and a lot of like, you know, there's yeah, a lot yeah. of love. And I think everyone, once you, I, I, because everyone's working so hard on themselves, you, you, you kind of just like, you know, it changes your mentality. And uh, I, I, I'm a, a prime victim of that, is that, as soon as I stopped giving a shit about what other people were doing and, and, yeah. and grew up a little bit and started thinking, hold on a second, I'm not, I'm not doing what I want to do because I'm not doing the work. And I started to put the work in myself. You change and you think, you know what? Like yeah, yeah. credit to him for doing well, credit to him for doing well. And you can see what your friends are doing and you don't have to copy them or chase them. You can just motivate yourself to work hard in a different avenue and just, there's, there's, there's room for 10, 20, 50, 1,000, a million different ways to get into the music industry and make it big. There's no rules. No. There's no rules to stick by. There's no rule book. If there was a rule book you could write, I'd, I'd have written it by now. <laughs> you know, there are no rules. People ask me all the time, how do you become a big DJ? And I'm like, I don't think I'm... Because I've got so much more where I want to push myself, I don't see myself as a big dj yeah. yet like once you're a household name that's when you've kind of made it but then i'd probably still try and chase bigger dreams like yeah i think any any person who's got any aspiration has aspiration um 
whatever and no matter where you are maybe your aspirations are, so you know your aspirations will either be in the music industry or your aspirations will just be in life in general yeah you, know, yeah. you want you want to accomplish dreams within your personal life and yeah um, and i think it's um you know i think it's good to have that and it, you can tell the people that um, my friends that do because we're the people now that i'm talking to basically you know but no, danny I, thank you so much for getting thank you for having me i hope it goes uh i want to get you back on uh, absolutely i'm game can... let's do it let's do the next one abroad we need to be stood next to each other together we're going to be abroad let's yeah, do well, it we'll do so... that bro thank you so much and before you go where can people find you uh snapchat danny t sound no i'm all over i wish oh let me i've got my diary in my day <laughs> oh wait Pres if preston at... manchester york leeds wensbury cannock kidderminster tamworth sheffield Cleethorpes, Birmingham, Wolverhampton, Wakefield, Doncaster, Redditch, Worcester. That's the next three weeks. <laughs> and if you are in them cities, you know what to do. Um, where asking? Where's your main hub? What's your Facebook? Uh, Facebook, it's Danny T. That's it. Everything is it's Danny T or it's Danny T DJ. Sorted. Thank you so much, bro. Thank you for having me. Good to catch up. Yeah, man. Take care. Take care, mate. See you soon. Bye.